better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Howdy, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome in. Let's roll. It is Reaction Monday. Monday, Monday. Welcome in. All right, so get it on in here. I let's uh, before I even tell you how to call and how to text the show. Let's just say it like it is. Your head spinning. You're coming out of the weekend with a uh, sort of a, a one major thought. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? Here? What's going on in college baseball in the state of Mississippi? Good night, topsy turvy. It's not what you thought it would be this time. Just a few weeks ago let alone a couple of months ago, but it is what it is, and I'm about to describe it for you. All right, so we've got a baseball weekend to react to. We've got a a Masters champion that I, and I am really, really impressed with. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, you know, he made some history, not by just winning the Masters, in case you're not aware. I'll fill you in on and all of that it, and how, just how historic it is. Uh, you may not be aware of. And so there's a lot to get into. And I'm just glad you're here. That means we can have a radio show since you're here. Uh, if Bill's here, we can get on the air. If I'm here, I we can you know maybe fill the time. But if you're here, we got a show. Appreciate you being by. And uh, feel free to grab a chair and pull up to the table with us and jump on into the conversation. A couple of ways to do that until I get the stream up and going uh, in a couple of days. Got some equipment ordered. Looking forward to that. Maybe a new look. You never know. Anyway, shoot me a text on the country pleasing text line. It's 885 ESPN. Got it? 601 number, 885 ESPN. Or if you need the number itself, same thing. It's 885 3776. You text that number, I'm going to get it. Or call me and let me hear your voice. I'd love to hear you today. See what you think. Letter rip, tater chip. Here's the number to call 601 995 1059. 601 number. 995-1059. Give me a shout. The best baseball team in the state of Mississippi is... To the top. That's right. Facts are facts. The best baseball team in the state of Mississippi resides in Hattiesburg. Yes, Coach Scott Barry has the Golden Eagles clicking on all cylinders. They are now ranked the number 11 team in the country. 11. They swept Charlotte this weekend. That's after beating Ole Miss in a midweek. That's a couple weeks after beating Mississippi State in the midweek. Uh, I think I looked it up. They've won ten of their last eleven games. Something like they're, they're something like thirteen and two in their last fifteen games. I believe and that's going back to a midweek win over Alabama, who is now a top twenty-five team after they went to Oxford and swept Ole Miss this weekend. All while Mississippi State, I mean, look, 
I don't, I, you you will have a hard time if you have the time and and the resources to go back and look through the history of Mississippi State baseball. I mean this now. This is not for effect. Okay, I'm I'm I mean this very specifically. If you were to go back and look across the entire history of Mississippi State baseball, you will have a hard time finding a weekend three-game series in the history of the state baseball where the team had a worse weekend hitting with runners in scoring position than what state did this weekend. The numbers are that's the thing about state getting swept by LSU, okay? Is is it's one thing to lose a series to him. LSU has pretty much dominated the series with Mississippi State in Starkville in recent memory. I'm talking about like the last two decades. They kind of own the series, but there have not been a whole lot of sweeps, okay? And and State playing LSU has played a lot better historically, at least the last 20 years, in Baton Rouge for some reason. This is a sweep, right? And a game where State's, State is one pitch away from claiming a 2-1 to victory in the ninth inning on Friday night and lost it. Well, that sort of set the tone, right? And then you lose a one-run game. Now you're down 0-2 in the series, They and, and, and LSU going for a sweep yesterday. And it's close early, and then they just blow the doors off. You know, you got your son in your eyes out in outfield. You don't catch a, a pop-up, and then here come the wheels coming off the wagon. So – before you even got to the fact that you give up 13 runs in yesterday's game, the truth is for State, again, you're going to have a hard time in the entire history. Listen, I'm being serious. I say go look it up. I don't have time to go look it all up. But you'd have a hard time going all the way back in the history of Mississippi State baseball to find a weekend three-game series where State had a worse three-game stretch of hitting with runners in scoring position. It's just, it's like, you know, you, a lot. here's the thing. You're coming out of the weekend and State got swept by LSU, and a lot of people are going, well, State's awful. Well, I would actually say to you, no, they're really not awful. They're not nearly as bad as some of y'all are making them out to be. Okay. But wins are wins and losses are losses, right? I, I'm probably, in, in doing that, guilty of looking at the nuance and considering some other things. And at the end of the day, I have to admit, you're right. What matters are wins and losses. That's what matters. That's what spells out the RPI, which tells you if you're in the tournament or not, and if you are in the tournament, where you go or who you play. And and that's what matters, wins and losses. And so when you look at these numbers, okay, it's not like State went out there and just totally played dead the whole weekend and got run out of town. No, they didn't. In fact, they kind of, what, did they out-hit LSU for the weekend overall? I think they did. Mississippi State pitching was not bad at all until yesterday in a bullpen. I know you got a poor start from Stinnett on Saturday, but then you run Brandon Smith out there and he starts shutting the door. You got a great start from Preston Johnson on Friday night. You're sitting there with a 2-1 to lead all you, with two outs in the ninth inning. All you need is one out. So in a lot of ways, it wasn't just – Horrendous. But this is what was horrendous for Mississippi State baseball, right here. On Twitter, the account that is just at SEC Baseball, whoever runs that account went and did this. Okay, and you can you could dig through the box scores and easily come up with this, but he did the mat, he did the legwork, and here it is. Three game sweep. 
consider these numbers, my goodness. Mississippi State had 44 at-bats with runners on base this weekend. (laughs) Consider this now. 44 at-bats with runners on base on the weekend. And you're talking about a couple of close games in the front of it. And got eight hits. In 44 trips to the plate, got eight hits with runners on base. 44 at-bats with runners on base. They scored five runs in those at-bats. And one of those was unearned. Left 26 runners on base. And I would love to know how many of those were at second or better. I'll go back and look that up in a minute in the box score. Now get this. Now, now here's the one that's really going to knock your socks off. You ready for this? You played three nine-inning games. What's nine times three? 27. This weekend against LSU, you played 27 innings of baseball. 27 times you got to send batters to the plate. In 27 innings, Mississippi State stranded a runner on base in 18 of them. Y'all don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, wins and losses do matter. But this is the this is the sad fact of coming out of a weekend sweep at the hands of LSU for Mississippi State. Here's a sad fact. You pitched well enough to win the series. You had the base runners for sure to win the series. I'm talking about a hit or two on Saturday and the game's not even close. Y'all saw it. Stranded a runner in 18 of the 27 innings you played against LSU. Base runners were not the issue. Hits, total hits were not the issue. Errors were not the issue. Pitching was not the issue. The issue was couldn't get a timely hit to, to break it open to save their life. And... It's not just like State went up there and had and went to sleep with key at-bats going on and guys on base. LSU's pitching staff had the answer. You know, Saturday game, there was a really wide strike zone with that umpire. LSU's pitching staff used that wide strike zone to perfection. Used it. Any spot that they needed to hit off the plate to get a call while making sure it was far enough away that the batter wouldn't even offer, they hit the spot time after time after time. Two-strike fastballs in hitter counts, 3-1, 3-2. LSU pitchers threw fastballs right by Mississippi State hitters in 3-1 and 3-2 counts of runners on base. I'm talking about basically mano a mano when it came down to this is a tight situation in a tight game on Friday or Saturday, and we got I'm here on the mound as an LSU Tiger. You're at the plate as a Mississippi State hitter, and you got runners on base. I'm bowing up to you, and my best is going to beat your best. And that's just what happened. There's the weekend for Mississippi State. Of all the things that happened this weekend, you know, Southern Miss sweeping Charlotte. Southern Miss is legit. Really good. If everything goes according to plan, a little bit later we're going to get to talk to Scott Barry, head baseball coach, Southern Miss. 
Mississippi State, LSU. State hadn't been playing that well. It has been really up and down. You, you know, it's a bit of a surprise to see State get swept at home. It really is. But of all the things that happened, I think the most surprising thing is Ole Miss getting swept at home by Alabama. Now, Alabama's a little better. They're just now healthy. They get two key players back. One they got back recently who was just kind of working his way back to health, and that was uh, their their second baseman, uh, Eblen. I think he's second baseman, right? Yeah, Eblen. And he's getting going. And then they get Hammeter back, and, and now they got two pieces that are really important. They, they've been trending the right direction for a while. But to go to Oxford and sweep them? I mean, this isn't – that isn't – Alabama's an improving and good baseball team. But let me tell you, they are not Tennessee. And went in there and swept Ole Miss. I mean, you can't – it's hard to wrap your head around it. That was very surprising. All right, let's jump over to the phone line, then I'll come to your texts. Uh, first up on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison, Andy, Jackson. Lynn on line one. What's up, Lynn? How about it, Matt? Well, we're uh, we're learning very well just how important uh, Allen and Jordan were to this team. I think. Uh, well, let's go through these but, names because you're exactly right, Lynn. How about these n- names right here? Here's five of them. Okay, from one year to the next, here's five names for you. Now, Mississippi State is supposed to replace them. We know that, but here they are. You just said two of them: Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan. Here are the other three: Will Bednar, Christian McLeod. Landon Sims. There's five names for you right there that you you're, you're riding with last year that none of them are riding with you this year for one reason or another, and it has made all the difference in the world. Yeah, Matt, I I, I got an LSU friend that we just texted back and forth during the game. And Friday night, I don't remember what he said, but I texted him back. I said that loss is the kind of loss that can cost you a a game the next day. Do you think is that is that a real thing, or am I just reading into that too much? Because it looked like Friday night cost us an entire series to me. I thought it was even bigger than that, Lynn. I'm just being honest with you. It okay. Cost us the season. Yeah, I I think you know. However, it quantifies whether it's the next game or some other game down the road. What I think a game like that Friday night one does is it you, you've been you've been having to coddle what little bit of team confidence you had already, and a game like Friday night will take that confidence that you've been kind of curating and trying to get it to grow, and it just stomps it in the dirt. That's what it did to their confidence. Yeah. I, I was afraid when I saw that Friday night, and then you know you follow it up by getting swept. Yeah. And it's, it's put us in a, in a really bad situation. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we don't need to just win a series this weekend. We need to sweep. Yeah. With what you have and, coming up, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a tough ask, especially given the way it is. I'm not down on the boys. I mean, it's baseball. Anything can happen. And the fact is, they're trying. They're giving it everything. That. I'm not near as upset as they are. And I know that. So I, that'd be my advice. Just don't give up on them and don't, mm-hmm. don't go away on them. We need to st- stick with them there. If it's a bad year this year, we still got next year. I mean, we, they can't all be great. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Well, and and That's- baseball is just so weird, you know, week to week. Uh, you know, if you want a prime example, well, okay, here's what I'd say, Lynn. This year we can all look at Southern Miss as an example. 
back on yeah. back on March the twelfth and thirteenth. They played three games, a three-game series across two days against Dallas Baptist at Dallas Baptist. Southern Miss did, and got swept. Got swept. Lost the first two, and then the third one just got whopped ten to four. Since then, since that time, Southern Miss has won thirteen of its of the fifteen games they've played. They've beaten Alabama. They've beaten Ole Miss. They've beaten Mississippi State. They swept Western Kentucky. Two out of three against La Tech and then swept Charlotte. Sometimes it takes getting your fanny whipped to wake everybody up and and really wake everybody up. And if you're a state fan, that's all you can hope for right now. That's, that's it. That's all you can hope for. What was the other stat I heard? We had a, one situation, one game where we had a guy on third five times and had like four hits and only got a story on one time. That's just that's unbelievable. Something to that effect. I don't know if you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not and sure. I didn't say it right on the plane. Yeah. Um, I, I'm it, it can be. That's right. I mean, and here's the thing, too. I was watching most. I didn't see every single solitary pitch on the weekend, but I saw most of them. And in a lot of those situations, man, you know, LSU pitchers were just going out there and just throw, just I'm talking hammering fastballs right by some of state's best hitters. They did it to Logan Tanner. They did it to uh, Kellum Clark. Yep. I, I mean, they just manned up and said, "I'm gonna throw a high fastball. You won't catch up to it." And 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 they won. Yeah, yeah they did. And yeah. We the, 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 the games last year we never lost. Right. We can't win them this year. We can't win one. Mm-hmm. If we don't start, it's going to be a long season. I so, agree. I'm going to listen. That's still a great job, and we appreciate you. Yep. Thank you, Lynn. I always appreciate you listening and calling and being a part of the show. Uh, very much. Okay. So if we look at the Friday night game, that was the five to two where State gave up four runs in the top of the ninth. Had a two one lead with two outs in the ninth and just need one out. Um. In the Friday night game, both teams, State and LSU, left eight runners on base. State out hit LSU on the night, but LSU was a much better. Well, I say much better. They had a, they were better hitting with two outs. But here's a key stat here. Um, so so to let you know how bad the rest of the weekend was, on Friday night, in the five two loss with four runs in the top of the ninth, State was better was a better hitting team with runners on base than LSU. Friday night, State was 5 for 18. That's 278 with runners on base. LSU was just 176. Also Friday night with runners in scoring position. State, uh, LSU was 1 for 9. That's a 111 batting average with runners in scoring position. State had five hits with runners in scoring position. Scored two runs. Explain that to me. That's what the official stats say. Now, if I'm reading it wrong or if the official stats are wrong, y'all tell me. But that's what it says. All right, the Saturday game, that's game two, was a 4-3 to three ball game um, in, in favor of LSU. And the late innings were just neither teams. I guess the last run that was scored in the ball game was in like the sixth inning by LSU to take the lead. Prior to that, it's a 3-3 deal. You know, most of the runs were in the first inning. It was 3-2 to two after the first inning in a 4-3 to three ball game. State in that game, game two, 
State was one for ten with two outs. You got one two out hit in the whole game. In game two, in a four to three loss, State was two for twenty one with runners on base. That's a point oh nine five batting average. Two for twenty one in that game two with runners on base. And and were one for fifteen in game two with runners in scoring position. I'm talking 15 at-bats. 15 at-bats with runners in scoring position. You scratch out one hit in that Saturday ball game. You know, and, and you lose it, and now you're behind. You're facing sweep if something doesn't happen on Sunday. You know, and, and their score is the one that blew up on you, right? 13 runs on 13 hits. But if you look at it, it happened in the fifth inning when what happened? An error. You drop a ball in the outfield because you can't see it in the sun. And it sort of got the ball rolling. But still, the hitting trend continued. The thing about it is, LSU gets 13 runs when it's all said and done. State had 10 hits but scores three runs yesterday. State was 1-for-13 with runners on base. Three times they had an at-bat with runners in scoring position. Went over. If you're, if you're strictly looking at it from a LSU perspective, it's like, our, meaning LSU, pitching couldn't be any better in crucial situations, runners on base and in scoring position. I mean, it can't be any better against an SEC team. That's that's the way LSU's looking at it. There's no question. Southern Miss and Coach Scott Berry have risen to the top of college baseball in the state of Mississippi right now. They're your number 11 ranked team in the country right behind Notre Dame, one spot ahead of UCLA. Y'all stick around. This time we are proudly required to present, to present more of the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. Back with you. Here we go. It's Monday. Welcome into the show. Pardon me while I enjoy some coffee. Hang on. Yoo! Hot coffee. Hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Get yours. There. Tell them I sent you. Go to highpointroasters.com. Highpointroasters.com. It'll show up at your doorstep in the mailbox. Something like that. If it's in your mailbox, you'll open the mailbox and get the mail out, and you go, man, what's that smell? <laughs> it smells good, I'm telling you. Been there. Got a box full last week. So I am stocked up on coffee. No more rationing the few beans that I had left. <laughs> so I'm a happy fella. Well, i tell you who else is a happy fella. Scotty Scheffler got himself a green jacket. Bill, did you tell me that you watched a good bit of the Masters this weekend? Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, same here. We watched a lot of it. Um, maybe I can get Annabeth to stop by later. She's running around doing different things. Maybe she'll stop in in the second hour. Um, but yesterday, she took... Uh, Mary Liddy to theater practice. These things she's involved in. They didn't get home until, I mean, it was about 4, 4.30. So it was like, we go to church, we get home, eat lunch, and boom, they're right back out the door. Going. So I watched the Masters all afternoon long. I was lazy. I should have been mowing grass, but I was lazy watching the Masters. And um, a new 
some stuff started happening, right? When when uh, Smith made the putt on number 11 to get it to within three shots, and then he follows that up on 12 by hitting the ball in the water, goes triple bogey on number 12, and that basically lost the tournament. I mean, any shot at chasing down Scheffler for the tournament was gone right there. And but but at the same time, Rory is surging. Sunday roars, you know. He's he winds up shooting sixty four, and he holes out from the bunker on eighteen. All these things, and I'm thinking, I'm seeing some of this. I had not finished watching the tournament live, and I knew Annabeth was going to be coming home. So I just reached up there. We're watching on YouTube TV. I rewound it back to before things got interesting, so that we could watch it all together. Because it, it for her, it'd be like watching it live, and for me, I would have seen it again. But I didn't tell her that I had seen all that stuff because I wanted her to like really get into it the way she would normally, and that was a heck of a lot of heck of a lot of fun. Maybe she can come by and tell us. And she loved the stuff at the end, you know. The she she remarked, you know, Scheffler, Bill, did you notice this? Scheffler wins, and of course he hugs his wife off the 18th green there, and then there's a lot of family that he shook their hands and gave them hugs, but then his wife accompanied him walking with him all the way up to the to the cabin where he's got to turn in his scorecard, right? Yeah, down the human tunnel. Yeah, and, and she said, I don't think I've ever seen before where the wife walks all the way up there with them, the family. Usually the wife would stay back at the green. And I thought, yeah, it's true. I don't know that I've seen that either. Anyhow, it's just one of those things. And, and Bill, it's a good thing that uh, Rory... Finished early at set. Well, I say finished early, but shoot sixty four to get the seven under. And the fact that Lowry had a triple bogey earlier in the round, and Cam Smith had a water ball on twist. A good thing that stuff happened because Scheffler didn't exactly like slam the door on eighteen, did he? No, I was wondering there for a while when he missed two putts. I went, oh, I know he has hey, such a big go. lead. It's like the focus was off then, or or the the laser focus was off. It didn't have to be. Goes from a minus twelve down to a ten. Right, he dropped two shots on 18. He still wins the tournament by three. And a smooth $2.7 million, 600 points in the FedEx. I loved something I heard him say. He was talking about, I guess he had gotten a question. This was in the press conference afterwards. He had gotten a question about heading, you know, waking up on Sunday and heading into the Sunday round, the final round with the lead he'd led Friday and Saturday. You know, was he as cool as he appeared to be? throughout the round on Sunday and he basically said he was not I didn't know what to do I was sitting there I was telling Meredith I was like I I don't think I'm ready for this you know I'm not ready I go I don't feel like I'm ready for this kind of stuff and I just felt overwhelmed and so she told me who are you to say that you're not ready um who, who am I to say that I know what's best for for my life and so for what we talked about is you know that God is in control and, you know, the Lord is leading me. And um, if today's my time, then then it's my time. And if, you know, I shot 82 today, you know, somehow I was going to use it for his glory. And, um, gosh, it was a long morning. <laughs> I thought, you know, what a spectacular thing, a story to hear, for me anyway, you know, to hear guys not all that confident on Sunday morning. He's going into final round of the Masters, got the lead. He's the number one ranked player in the world, and he's telling us that that morning he really was not all that confident. 
Tears in his eyes. Tells his wife, I don't think I'm ready for this kind of stuff. And then for her to say to him, based on faith and uh, belief in God and putting things in perspective, right, that what he said later, you know, the, the belief that a lot of times in sports we make a much bigger deal out of it than it really is. Now think about that. And that for her to say to him, who are you to say that you're not ready for this? It ain't up to you. And, and basically say, good or bad. Maybe it's your time you go out, you win the Masters. Great. Maybe it's not, you go out and shoot 82. But whatever happens, your your responsibility is to is to use that platform for whatever it is for God's glory. You glorify God with your life. And then as far as the other stuff, the results, you let the chips fall. And I did see, like, that was on Twitter. A lot of the people I felt like, I say a lot. There were a few comments that seemed to really misunderstand. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. God does not care who wins the Masters, okay. Well, that's not what he's saying. That's not what I took from that at all. Almost an admittance that, yeah, that means care who wins the Masters. But it's his job, whether he wins the Masters or not, to glorify God. I thought it was outstanding. Bill, you asked me about Tiger. He finished. I told you it was like 15 or 16 off the lead. No, um, Scheffler finished 10 under. Tiger finished plus 23. So he was 23 shots off the lead, tied uh, standalone 47th place. Hey, hey, check this out, Bill. It's a good thing he finished in 47th place because he went home with a smooth $43,500. Not bad for Few days. <laughs> I mean, forty-three thousand dollars to Tiger. What is that? He got that in his pocket on any given day. I mean, seriously. Adam Scott tied forty-eighth there, one shot behind uh, Tiger. Yeah. So uh, Scheffler wins. McElroy wound up in second place. Okay, now check this out. When. Um, some of y'all will find this interesting. Winnings in a tournament like this. Okay, so Cam Smith, Australian, who was playing with Scheffler and was pretty much riding along in second place on Saturday and most of Sunday until he hit that shot in the water on number 12. He didn't finish in second place. He finished five under, so he was tied for third. But at one point, you know, he had kind of melted and was all the way back at four under. And it put him in a tie for fifth place, which is the winnings for fifth place is 600000 whereas the winnings for second place, where he was, is $1.6 He wound up, it says his winnings was 870000 Okay, he finished tied for third at the Masters, which is fantastic, but still it's about a difference of a million dollars between he and Rory McIlroy, who finished in second place. Um, so that's how he's, the winnings... He's going to remember that shot at 12 for a while. Yeah. Cost him some cash. Well, and the thing is, it's like, you know, you think about Cameron Smith, Bill, it's not like that guy hasn't been really good there. Not only this tournament, but he came into this one. Remember that stat? He's the only guy to ever play in the Masters ever to post four straight rounds in the 60s. He's the only one who's ever done it. 
Like he knows the golf course, has played it well a million times, knows on number 12, you just don't fool with it. <laughs> but he, I think it's just a little bit of a mishit. And it happened to come right after he drained that birdie putt over at number 11, which he was the he was one of two players in the whole field on a day when they were scoring like crazy. He was one of two players in the whole field that birdied number 11. Two out of the 50-some-odd guys there, how many it was? How many? 52? Well, it's more than that. 60 guys. He was one of two that birdied number 11. Goes right to the tee box on 12, and sploink, he's in the water. He needed um, about another yard. That's right. Good. Man, six inches would have been good. He'd have hit the bank. I have failed to read the texts. Uh, Roshana, Texas, on the Country Pleasing text line says, Hey, Matt, happy Manic Monday. Rough weekend for the Steelers. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Dwayne Haskins, terrible story. Nick said, MSU can do a lot better. They just need to work on their starting pitching, relief pitching, hitting, base running, and defense. <laughs> just everything. Jay said, We can finally say, remember last year instead of wait till next year. Robbie said, For me, uh, I loved hearing that from him, talking about Scheffler. And then Jason, he was texting me this, or tweeting me this weekend. He wants WrestleMania at Augusta. I don't know, but I did see, Jason, somebody took a picture. They were doing wrestling, organized wrestling in the parking lot of the Western Sizzler in Horn Lake this weekend. Is that, is that? <laughs> <laughs> about the same. All right, we'll talk to uh, Scott Barry, head baseball coach, Southern Miss, coming up next right here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Show. All right, back with you. Rolling along on this Monday, sort of a reaction Monday. There's a heck of a reaction going on in the college baseball world. And as you track it, it starts zeroing in right down close to here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Southern Miss surging into the top 15 in rankings. More importantly, you're looking at RPI. Southern Miss after a weekend sweep on the diamond on the road at Charlotte. They have the 11th best RPI in the country. Now, we got a long ways to go, but they're in great position right now and playing great baseball. And they've surged right to the top of college baseball here in the state of Mississippi. And on your radio right now, the guy who leads the program, Scott Barry, head baseball coach, Southern Miss, on your radio right now on the Divinity Phone. Coach Barry, happy Monday to you. Welcome back home after a little road trip that looked like it went pretty well. It did, Matt. Appreciate you having me on this Monday. Yes, sir. Good to talk to you. So, yeah, sitting there um, with a lot of momentum, I think I was counting it up, have won 13 of the last 15 ball games. Um, what has, for, for your team, what has been the key to that positive momentum in that stretch? Well, you know, we've pitched really well all year long, honestly. Um, you know, offensively, it took a little while for our bats to get going. But we uh, we went to uh, Dallas Baptist on that fourth weekend, I believe it was, and got swept over there. Played two really close games on Saturday. We had to double up because that's when that bad weather came through on that Friday and really cold and, and some, uh, some sleet. So we had to push to a doubleheader and, 
yeah, we came up short on both of those and then just didn't play well on Sunday. Uh, started out the gate well on that Sunday game, but just, it just unraveled and kind of had our lowest point, honestly, at that point during the year. And, and then since then, it was kind of that wake-up call for us. And offensively, our bats have, have really started heating up. Our, our pitching has maintained the consistency that we've pretty much seen the whole year. So I think the blend and balance between those two things has enabled us to, to have the success that we've had. Coach Scott Barry, head baseball coach, Southern Miss on your radio. Yeah, I was looking back at that. So that was March 12th and 13th, you know, lose three games at Dallas Baptist. And then since then, just on a tear, including that midweek win over a really good Alabama team, wins over state and Ole Miss in the midweek. And, and Coach, you said wake-up call. As long as you've been coaching and you've coached some really good teams, been a part of an, of an Omaha team, do, do teams that go and make a run – do they almost all have some sort of wake-up call at some point in the year that they point back to? Well, I think so. And, you know, sometimes it's better to have it earlier than, than later. Yeah. Uh, you, you certainly want to be playing your best at the end, and you want to learn from those 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 situations uh, in the, earlier in the course of the year. And yeah, I don't think, unless you're Tennessee, and I don't know if they're ever going to have a wake-up call. Man, I'll tell you, they're as strong as I've seen and, and as balanced as I've seen out of a out of a college program. But, you know, most of us get that wake-up call at some point. Sure. For your team, too, in terms of makeup, for those listening that may not know who are seniors and who are juniors and who are sophomores, is there also that veteran presence that we always think and assume is a part of teams that go on these kinds of runs and surprise everybody? Absolutely, 100%. You know, the, out, the, the leadership that we have right now out of our upperclassmen is just outstanding. These guys have been together for a while. We've only got two seniors. One of those is Gabe Montenegro, who's been with us now. This is his sixth year mm. uh, with, with COVID, and a redshirt year has allowed him to be here now for six years. Um, and then we have a, a graduate transfer, Hunter Riggins from Delta State, <clears throat> excuse me, that joined us this year for just for just one year. Outside of that, everybody else are are, are juniors that are, and a lot of them are COVID juniors, but they've been in our program a while. They've been able to mature. They've been able to develop. They've been able to understand this level of baseball and the grind and the ups and the downs and. And really, just uh, just just have a better feel of of what it takes day in day out to show up and play baseball. And they've been outstanding in, in the leadership. You know, I I draw attention to that before every game. That's what's been a big part of our success. But you know, there's that one variable mat that I think that we all strive for and we try to get it as soon as we can. And that's chemistry. And mm. that's what I see in this group. We have tremendous chemistry, and thankfully. We've had it at an earlier stage than a later stage when when maybe it's too late. And and some of those, there have been some dramatic wins, right, Coach? Like some late inning, a walk-off here, there. Those things help to sort of facilitate the growth of that chemistry in, in the dugout too, don't they? They sure do because, you know, you have to be all in or, or you're all out in those kind of games. Yesterday we had a – a 13 inning game in, in Charlotte to, uh, we were trying to sweep and, you know, it's hard to beat somebody three times. Mm. Contrary to what a lot of fans think, <laughs> it really is. I mean, 
it, it's hard to beat somebody three times. And but that's the goal when, especially when you have the first two and you've notched your belt with those. I mean, man, you you've created a great opportunity. And you know, we had some uh, replay situations that just did not go our way. We had one in the twelfth inning that ended the game on a on a bang banger at first base that we thought we'd won the game and they challenged it and and uh, came back and said that he was safe so it tied the game the next hitter hits a line drive on a right fielder Peto makes an outstanding catch to preserve a tie game and allow us to go another inning and then Will McGillis hits a home run and then we go three up three down uh, with them in the bottom of the 13th and we get a win you know how valuable is that experience knowing that you've already won a series you know, you're on the road. You've got a flight. You got to catch. Uh, you've had calls that have gone away, have gone against you emotionally. But to stay in there and, and fight that thing to the end and find a way to win, I have to feel like that that's going to prove to be dividends for us moving down the down the stretch. Southern Miss head baseball coach Scott Barry on your radio right now. They're the number eleven team in the country. They got the eleven eleventh best RPI, and and a big part of that you mentioned it, coach. Uh, a transfer on the mound for you. He's been out there eight times, eight starts from Delta State and Hunter Riggins. And since you mentioned him, I just wanted to ask you, following him, he, he, he hadn't gone out there. He's not striking out 10, 11, 12 guys, but he goes out and throws strikes. How big of a transfer addition has he been for you? He has been huge, especially when we lost two really, really important starters from us last year that that – Almost every time they took the mound, they would win in Hunter Stanley and Walker Powell. Both of those guys are now in professional baseball. They're both seniors and, and moved on. So uh, to have Hunter come in and be sandwiched in between two true sophomores on the weekend who are very special pitchers as well, but to kind of just give that presence there on Saturday that we need, that's that, that, that constant. If Friday doesn't go well, then you know you have a guy on Saturday that's going to show up and, and give you a chance to win. The experience, the, the time that he logged in at a very good Delta State program uh, at, at the B2 level, he, he brought it to the next level, and he hasn't missed a beat. 48 innings pitched and has walked nine guys. And, and I mean, you gotta. That's a big key, really, to your whole staff, isn't it? You're not walking people. No, we really aren't. I mean, if you look at our numbers, uh, particularly on the on the uh, strikeout walk, I mean, we're 344 strikeouts to 73 walks. I mean, we we pound the zone. Uh, you know, those guys go out there and they challenge, and they're not afraid to uh, to try to stay away from bats. I mean, they're. Are trying to force contact if possible, and a lot of it is just pitchability and swing and miss pitches sure. as well. So you know their secondary really, really makes their their fastballs even better than what they are, and they're still pretty good. Coach, uh, last question, and I think this is one that, as a coach, you'll be glad that I set it up this way. Eleventh best RPI in the country, eleventh uh, ranking in the country, knocking on the top ten. But it's April the 11th, and you're hosting a good CLA team tomorrow night. How do you keep them on the ground when everybody's telling them how great they are? Well, I hope that they're not really paying attention to any of that. I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. I mean, this morning I was checking with my buddies who all killed turkeys this past weekend. <laughs> 
uh, you know, trying to get the turkey report. And uh, I learned back in 2015 about RPI. Just don't even mess with it. I don't, I don't, the only time I look at RPI is when the season's over and I'm trying to plan a schedule and we're trying to put together that. As far as the rankings and all that, that's, that's really, really great. Um, that, and I think that shows, uh, it's, it's rewarding for what we've done. It's great for the fan bases, but, as far as what we do as players and coaches, it's very important that we stay in our lane and we stay uh, stay visioned in what and what we're trying to do, and that's go out and win the very next game that we play, and and don't try to control any of that stuff. So it's hard today because social media just you know it throws it at you from every direction. But you know this is a this is a sport just like most sports. I mean, there's, if you want to take a roller coaster ride, then you certainly can. And, You've got to learn to take the good and the bad and, and just learn to, to be even keel and go out and show up and play every day no matter what, what the situation is. Great stuff. Coach, good to hear your voice. We're having fun following you and your baseball team and uh, looking forward to watching you all the rest of the way. Thank you. Well, always a pleasure, Matt. Thank you. Same here. Thank you very much. That's uh, Coach Scott Berry, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. Um, they are on fire. Right now, playing great baseball. They're twenty-three and eight. They just, with a weekend sweep, Southern Miss jumped up sixteen spots in the RPI. But you heard Coach say, after that twenty fifteen experience, he's not even looking at it. Just go play, play, play. So tomorrow night in Hattiesburg, host Seelaw, then hit the road again Thursday, Friday, Saturday series this coming weekend at FIU down in uh, close to Miami. You got a tough little stretch coming up. They're playing good baseball. That's hour one, hour two, coming up. Stick around.